Thanks, Tom. Shall we start by praying? Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we fix our eyes on you this morning. Come speak to our hearts. Amen. So, yes, this morning I am talking on the gift of evangelism, what that actually means, and also what does that mean in practice. So, the gift of evangelism. To be honest, the word evangelism makes me squirm quite a lot. I actually wondered, I said to Tom, can I avoid using that word in the talk? I don't know why it just gets me. Um, Maybe because when you think of an evangelist, you might think of that extraordinary communicator, that um, exceptional person, the Jackie Pullingers, which I find unrelatable. Um, Or you might think of that really cringy, extraordinary communicators. There are the... um, those that think they are extraordinary communicators. Um, But that's not all there is to evangelism. Um, The Bible says there's so much more. So what do we mean by an evangelist? Quite simply, we mean people that usher us closer to the love of God. People who shine good news that kind of feels more than just good advice. When I was younger, I used to feel like I didn't really fit in with Christians, that I just had this thing. um, But I knew in my heart I loved God, and actually I really loved the church. So when I was 18, I embarked on a gap year with a Christian organization, uh, and I really wanted to find my place in it all. That was my drive. Um, And this is what was introduced to me as evangelism. Yeah, that's me, just as a mime artist, playing the air guitar. Um, I thought it must be my bad heart that I found that so weird. Um, So I threw myself in fully and enthusiastically, thinking I'd catch up. Um, But yeah, there are great mime companies out there and amazing mime ministries, I'm sure, but they ain't that guy. And over time, I've realized that my gut was probably right, that nothing about me doing that was nudging anyone closer to God's love. Quite the opposite. It all got a bit complicated. But my younger self was probably right to have followed a call that once we've encountered God's love, we can't stay silent, we can't hide it away. As Christians, we've got stuff to share. So let's unpick what the Bible says about it. Matthew 5. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your little light shine, oh, sorry, let your light shine <laughs> before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So I wonder if our role today on this whole topic is just 
to uncomplicate things. Simply, we are called to be salt and light, a city on a hill. Salt that brings out already great flavors. People whose everyday lives glorify God. That is how we can usher people closer to God's love. But what does being salt and light mean? That's a bit lingo-y. The Bible talks about Jesus being the light of the world. So with that in mind, we need to be light, so we need to be Jesus to our community. Unfortunately, part of our role as Christians today is to help people unlearn who they think Christians are, who they think the name of Jesus is, what church is, what Christianity is. And sadly, the church has made some big old mistakes over the years on this topic. And I feel deeply sorry for that and often operate, if I'm honest, from that place. It's often sat as harsh judges and critics, so contrasting to just being salt and light. A struggle I had with the church when I was younger was that I wondered if I had to adapt my personality to fit in, like laugh at stuff or not laugh at stuff that I found funny, or um, say, my giddy aunt, instead of other things, I don't know. I, um, it all felt, but yeah, if, if it is tribal, if, you're, if you don't fit that tribe, then you can't be a Christian. But that isn't truth. We aren't inviting people to a tribe, to a subculture. That is not the truth. It's so much simpler than that. We're inviting people into God's love. So we are told to just be salt and light, to share God's love in our community, a city on a hill that shines bright. In 1 John, it says, God is love. So ultimately, we are called to share God's love. So salt makes good stuff even better. It helps food be a new version of itself, a better version of what it already is. So when we go to work and we work honestly and cheerfully and fairly, that is us being salt. If we've identified in ourselves that we're a bit snarky when we're tired and we do the work, that is being salt. And then on a community level, as a church, when we see our schools are struggling with funding and our community loves to be brought together, we put on ridiculous events and raise money for them. That is us trying to be salt. Um, Cafe culture, it's a beauty of our times. And so we've opened cafes to serve our community, to wash their feet. That is us trying to be salt. And in times of crisis, when we see people in our world suffering, like in Syria and Turkey at the moment, the church stepping up practically as well as prayerfully, that is salt. And when we ally with those who are experienced injustice, that is being salt. And by the way, I'm not saying just be nice, because that would be a bit... Mm. Um, another version of the passage actually says that by doing good deeds, that others will open up. And by being generous in love, that we will prompt people to open up with God. So there's real purpose there. But it has to be sincere and it has to be authentic. 
So here are a couple of things, takeaways from the passage. First, it says we need to stay salty. The passage warns about losing our saltiness. So how can we avoid that? Well, first, we can stay salty by actively pursuing our own relationship with God, pursuing our own holiness. Have you ever noticed that on this topic of evangelism, it's, it's often really focused on other people's hearts, other people's sin, other people's um, journeys with God? But to be effective light bearers, first, we need to be concerned with our own relationship with God. The Bible says the fruits of the Spirit are the litmus test of how we are living with God. And they are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For such, there is no law. These are the things that glorify God. And if we radiated that as Christians, imagine what the reputation of the church could be. And the passage before this one, if you wanted to flick back, Jesus really highlights who he blesses in the Beatitudes. And it's the merciful, the peacemakers, not the proud, not the academically right, not the superior. The first step to being an evangelist is ensuring our own hearts are in check, that we actually are salt rather than some spicy seasoning. And personally, an easy hack I've found that has helped me is come to church on a Sunday. It's a discipline where I found that if I'm slightly off, it just nudges me back in the right direction. The perfect example of holiness leading to evangelism is, of course, Jesus. He lives so closely to the hev- in the heavenly realms that his whole life is um, seeing heaven on earth. He performs signs and wonders that led people to following him. Those are goals. Secondly, we just need to be signposts to God's love. In the Gospels, there are so many accounts of totally normal people being used by God, signposting people to God's love. Jesus himself was from one of the grimmest towns, Nazareth. And look what he did. In John 1, there is the account of when the disciples first met Jesus. And one of them ran off to tell his mate. It says this. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, the son of God. Nathanael said to him, Can any good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Our role as being salt and light is that how we live is a come and see, just through our everyday. That might be on a practical level, like I am an alpha fan, it's a good intro tool. So it might be that I invite people to have that headspace. Or more simply, it might be just that we're consistently kind in all situations and difficult situations, that we forgive when it's not a two-way street, that we live out the fruits of the Spirit, and God does the rest. Did anyone see that film at Christmas that came out of the book, The Boy, The Fox, The Mole, and The Horse? It's such an amazing example of how we're meant to be as Christians, done so genuinely and so sincerely. 
And how attractive that is, is plain to see that it's the longest standing New York Times book and has just been nominated for an Oscar. Though not God tagged, that is evangelism. For a good 20 years or more, the person who um, wrote and drew those pictures, they've posted an alpha group every term and are so open about their fascination with God's redemptive love. I can't help but imagine that if we, the church, lived out those principles that we would see a change in the world, that we would be walking come and seas. And the impact of that film and book, even monetarily, shows there is such a demand for it. True evangelism is that the way we live is that we are walking come and seas. Every good deed we do should be pointing people to God's love, not ourselves. This light we've talked about is one that illuminates God's love, not ourselves, and definitely not our political framework on the world. There is no instruction to be mini saviouristic superheroes. God has created us to be humble light bearers, salt, a city on a hill that shines bright the love of God, to humble ourselves, serve others in a way that then glorifies God. So we've looked at this, mo- this morning at a great passage about how we are called to be salt and light, and that if we stay salty, we will naturally, we will authentically... I'm going to finish by reading it. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be open up to our, by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Amen.